What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 145 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I am joined by Matt Deitch. What's going on, dude? It's getting darker. It is getting darker. I'm not liking that at all. Lighter earlier and darker earlier. I am not liking that at all. Uh, Yeah, daylight savings time has officially kicked in. Hopefully they figured it out. Hopefully the dirtbags have figured it out by now. Otherwise, they've been late to work this week. Yeah, that's Ramrod's problem. (laughs) Daylight savings. Yep. No. I I freaking hate daylight savings time. So do I. I freaking hate it. So do I. My blood pressure is going up. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a person that like, I really get into a routine. You know, I do the exact same thing. Like the three minutes leading up to me going to bed, I get into bed and 20 seconds later I'm out. Right. And you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I do such a good job at falling right asleep, sleeping all the way until my alarm. I wake up and I'm good. And and this just throws the freaking curveball at it. Well, it's because like last night I was sitting there and. I'm like, God, I'm getting kind of tired. It's like, God, it feels late because it's been dark for like two or three hours yep, already. And yep. it's like, it's only eight o'clock. It's just like, oh man. What, what state is it? They're, is it Utah or Arizona? Arizona. I Arizona. Think Hats there. off to them. Parts of them that don't recognize it. So yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think you got to be an all or nothing. Right. I, and I, you know, for us, I mean, we're what? Four minute or four miles from the Minnesota border and, and, uh, you know, 15 miles from the South Dakota border. Uh, I get you know, if, yeah, I was going to say like, you know, is, is the gas station open? It, oh, oh, hey, it, hey, could it you is use, six months. Right. Could you use the excuse that legal shooting time? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, season ended an hour ago. Well, according to, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, my watch from where I'm from says right, this. So. Right. No, I, I, I guarantee you, I'll guarantee you that, that, uh, uh, that the police officers and that the DNR agents and everything else you know, <laughs> down there, I'm sure that they absolutely hear about it. But uh, hey, Matt, hey, I, happy anniversary to you! You know, is it three it, year anniversary? No, I saw no, no, not well. It's got to be close. I think it is. Like I, it's I've been close, thinking about but it. Not only that, God, did we miss that? Not only that, no, I was going to congratulate you on uh, seven years ago to this day. You took down forty ounce steak at Texas oh, Roadhouse. Yes, I did. I saw that pop yes, up I on did. Facebook. We went for ice today. cream after that. <laughs> we went for ice cream. I thought that was kind of a big moment in your life. It was. I mean, it was. It was <laughs> one, it, of your, one of your highlights. Forty ounce. Well, I mean, or, at at the time, you know, like that was that was a record, and now that's just my regular. <laughs> so, that's, I mean, that's the appetizer. Huh? You know, I, I was God, say, dang it, I was a I was, I was, I was a little baby face little. <laughs> beyond in that picture i i actually said to my brother today i'm like that right there that was the turning point in my life like i went from being a pretty healthy dude you know like whatever to to like whoo boy well if it, i've been if, packing it on ever since well i guess now like now i could believe you could eat a 40 ounce steak if i would have saw you back then about to take down a 40 ounce steak i wouldn't have believed it i I did it. Oh, I know I, you did. I think, I honest to goodness, I think I could eat more back then. <laughs> yeah, Not that's usually how idea. it goes. I gotta, I gotta look this yeah, up. Yeah, now I, I'm curious too. I, th- now I that, think uh, that there, it is very well possible that we that we might be treading on on the our uh, third third year anniversary, and we didn't even know it. We didn't even know it. I don't know how you, I, how do you even get back that far? I don't know. We're going through the old Google machine here, quick. Yeah. Let's see. I see some photos of you giving away a rod here. 
Do you really? Where where are you at? I went to like some of the videos <clears throat> that we posted up. Well, I guess that'll be for later in the show. Hold on. I think we might have got something here. Are we making headway? Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Whatever. I, mean, I feel bad if we missed our own anniversary. Well, right, right. So I, I, I got something here for you, Matt. <clears throat> I, I, and, and I'm going to relate this to the fishing industry. So did you see here a while back uh, Tom Brady uh, threw his 600th touchdown pass? and uh, 600th regular season touchdown. Regular season touchdown, touchdown pass. pass. Okay. And who is the, who is the receiver that, that – Tossed it up into the stands. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. All right. Hats off to Mike Evans. <laughs> so, so Mike Evans gets Tom Brady's 600th regular season, which I don't know why the hell that makes a difference, but uh, puts the ball up in the stands to the guy in the front row. The guy in the front row uh, has some Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, you know, big wigs or, you know, security guards or, you know, player personnel, whatever come and negotiate with him to the point where he finally decides that he's going to give that ball back. You saw this, correct? Right. Yep, I saw it happen. Experts are saying that that ball could have brought $500,000. Wow. Half a million dollars. So I don't know what I mean, I don't know what a, a true actual game played with football is worth, but I mean I, I don't know if if you would just get the average ball that just saw a game and and wasn't the 600th touchdown. I I mean I don't know does something like that go for over a hundred bucks? Would it? Uh, I think so. I mean five hundred bucks. I don't know what the price and all that stuff is. I'm sure some there's always somebody out there that's willing to pay crazy money for that stuff. Well that that's that's my point. So apparently this dude. Finds or, or you know they're saying that this ball was worth five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, a the dude took an absolute crap deal. <laughs> he, he really he, did. So he gives back this ball, and he gets two signed jerseys from Tom Brady, one signed jersey from Mike Evans, season tickets for the rest of this year, <laughs> not even like for five years. You know, for the next five years, like. Nah, dude, we're just going to finish off this 2021-2022 season. Like, seriously? Seriously? Right. Like, I mean, how many – I mean, say they've got eight more games. Half of them are going to be home like, oh, wow, thanks. You shouldn't have. Three <laughs> games, $1,000 in the in the pro store. So he gets like – you know, he, he, he already was given three – jerseys but now he'll get to turn around and buy a couple hats and maybe a a nice windbreaker to go along with it you know should be a freaking 40 dollar windbreaker and they charge 120 because it's got a buccaneers logo on it okay fine fair enough and one sixty three thousand dollars i last i looked bitcoin was sixty three thousand dollars but they gave him a, a bitcoin stock really so, like, we're talking all in all, this dude, like, came away. I don't know what you can sell a Tom Brady jersey for. I, I don't know. I uh, mean, An autographed one? I don't know. Probably not close to $500,000. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, let, let's let's just agree that probably if he if he sells all of it, it's less than 100000 bucks. correct? Right, right. So, like, this dude held in his hand a ball 
that would truly change his life. Like, I mean, we're talking like put your kids through college, pay off your mortgage, and, you know, buy yourself a new pickup truck. Definitely. You know, pay off any credit card debt he might have or, or whatever. I mean, truly life's life-changing. Life. To, I mean, like, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, like the, the Tampa Bay organization, like give this dude, you know, like I, if that ball is worth 500000 like whatever. Say you even give him something that's worth 200000 Like freaking season tickets for the rest of this year, like kiss my, like whatever. No, I totally agree with you. But whatever. That's not what I'm getting at here. I'm just, I, I just think that that's absolute crap. So, so. Obviously, everyone knows football is the biggest sport in our country, correct? That is correct. So, let's let's look over at, like, say, the NWT. So, say Drake Hurd, he wins the, he wins, uh, you know, Angler of the Year. Right. Uh, you know, on, what, what's his name? Parsons, Chase Parsons. He won out at Chamberlain, right? At, at, yes. At the I beginning of this did. year? Yep. Do you think his rod that he won out at Chamberlain, or do you think it's worth any more than what he paid for it? No. I you know, I mean, like, right. so no, he's got a $250 bait caster, you know, line counter combo with, you know, a, a, you know, who knows what kind of rod, you know, maybe it's $350. Is it worth anything more than exactly what he spent it on it? No. Nope. Is it worth less than what he spent on it? It might, because it's used, yeah. So, so I mean, is, is that just walleye? So, now let's move up to the Bassmaster Elite Series, which, I mean, say what you want, is, is bigger than professional walleye fishing. Right. Hank Cherry's fishing rod that he won the Bassmaster Classic on, if it's a $350 rod and reel combo, is it, I, I, I'd say it's worth more than what he paid for it. If he won the Bassmaster Classic on it. Right, but it's not going to be a whole lot more. I well, don't that's think, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm gonna, saying. The, the value will increase a little bit, but I don't know if it's going to be a lot. I mean, if it's a $350 combo, is I mean, do you get somebody to possibly pay 600 bucks for it? Oh, I'm sure somebody would. Do I mean, pay 1000 bucks for it? See, that's the thing about it is there's some diehards out there that all of a sudden they would spend it and you'd be like, that's just – crazy why would you spend that much well i mean like so like a while collectors. back there was the bass fishing hall of fame and a bunch right. of dudes gave up jerseys for it and whatnot and uh you know i mean i i don't know i think seth fighter's jersey sold for like 850 bucks mm -hmm. is is that worth that or is it somebody that wants to make a contribution to the bass fishing hall of fame and piss on it i i was willing to donate a thousand bucks anyways I'm going to donate 850 and I'm t I'm coming home with fighters jersey. Right. To somebody it's worth that much. I just, you know, I I think sometimes we get caught in this world that we think fishing, you know, even fishing here in the upper Midwest. I mean, if some dude goes out and wins a uh NWT tournament or an NAIFC ice fishing tournament or any anything like that, you know, like their their memorabilia is not worth no, any, it's you know, not. It, it's not worth anything. It's just that I think that if you're trying to compare it to the NFL, it's just that it's just the magnitude of it. I mean, you know, sports memorabilia is 
it, it's crazy and it goes up and down like at some point all oh, of a sudden, it's just I like oh, somebody be like nah we won't pay that much and then at times people will be like oh yeah i mean we'll pay more than that if yeah if that's what you're asking for it is there anybody from the upper midwest here you know a fisherman that you would pay to get their autograph oh i you know maybe no <laughs> No, that's. I, a, I mean, <laughs> would you would you pay ten dollars for Seth Fighter's autograph? No. I mean, maybe pay ten dollars for a pack of smokes autographed. <laughs> like, hey, that's cool. Right. We'll do that. You know, if I was a collector, you know, it'd be a different story. Like, if it was something I was into, it was like collecting a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different things from fishermen from all over the world, and it'd be like, hey, you know, Seth, can I get your autograph? Here's twenty bucks or whatever for it. Then I would, but for me, it would be like, okay, what am I going to do with it? Okay, I got awesome. I got Seth Fighters on. You're going to bring now it what? downstairs and put it in a corner like you do. I mean, that's what that's what guys do. Right. We th- that's that is my problem. Like my whole entire. I mean, look at that gun I was cabinet say, over there. Pretty soon, I have a gun safe that has. <laughs> so I got a gun cabinet over there Bill with Dan's hat on it. Uh, <laughs> Lee and Tiffany Lakoski signed Stan smoked it shirt. Yeah, Stan Potts. A Midwest Angler podcast hat. With Dave Gens' autograph Dave on, on it. it. An old Fox Pro, a bear skull. Oh, those you see those two coffee mugs off to yeah. the right that say white farm equipment? Yeah. That's from my grandpa and grandma's house, and they had white oh, tractors back right. in the day out on the farm. And me and Eric would but, drink our drink and, our and uh, see, sunny D out of them. See, that's that that's probably might be one of your most valuable things up there because it's it means that to oh you. they were talking about getting rid of those suckers right. and i'm like you <laughs> no you're not pump the brakes like like it's got the sentimental value to it right i mean and sometimes you can't put a price tag on something like that it's not worth anything to anybody else but to you it's worth it you is know, it's, it's priceless to you so you see that one that's like half fallen off of that ammo crate box. Yep. That's that's signed by Jason Mitchell. Yep. See, I've got I've got my own little uh, kind of set little... of stuff up there, but uh, I mean honestly, like I I went up to Dave Gens and I said, hey, will you sign this? And he did. He did. Yeah. I went up to Jason Mitchell and said, hey, will you sign this? And he did. I bought that Bill Dance hat, but he signed it for free. See, that's and 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 that's the crazy thing is like, um, so most of those guys you see them out in public and you go up and you. You a lot of times you can they'll just yep. give you their autograph, right? Whereas like when we were out at that Cran Fest, every year they have a couple of former Green Bay Packers there, and, and they're trying want, to. And get, if you want to get their autograph, you got to stand in line and pay to get their autograph. So, so I I worked with a guy who was the head of Sioux Empire Mopar Club, like you know Dodge, okay, yep. you know Mopar whatever, and and a couple years ago up at the Billion. Billion Chrysler Jeep Dodge up in Sioux Falls. They brought in, I think his name is Tom Wolpat. Wolf, right. Wolfpack? Might, I don't know. Whatever. But he was like, <laughs> he was from, uh, um, what? Dukes of Hazard. He's from Dukes of Hazard. Oh, right. Yeah. He was one of, yeah. He was Bo or Luke Duke. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I know. You're so, like, they about. reached out to this dude, and, and, you know, I mean, you can contact him for bookings, and, and he wanted a room, a suite only in a certain hotel and then he wanted x amount of dollars per hour that he had to sign autographs and he had to have a dodge charger rental car and every hour and a half he needed a half hour that he could go cruise around in his car and probably do some blow or something like that i don't know but uh 
and and then he'd come back. That's and, always and, a given. Well, right. I mean, for Pete's sakes, when a man needs his booger sugar, a man needs his booger sugar. <laughs> I mean, if anybody's <laughs> trying to book us for any right, autograph yeah. sessions, leave I us mean, leave us a little cocaine. A seventy nine, a seventy nine Ford Pinto in a half an hour <laughs> on the hour. We're going to cruise a convertible Pinto. Oh, God, oh man, <laughs> and a bunch of frozen pizzas. Yeah, yeah. Is that too much to ask? Right. But, like, so, like, and and then he wanted, like, to keep all the money for his autographs. Like, 20 bucks or something in autograph. And people were freaking lined up for all all the way down the road. I know. And, and like, I'm the type of dude that can buy into that stuff. Like, I, you know, when I get into the moment, like, you know, if I'm with Dave Gens and all of a sudden he decides, like, you know, hey, you know what, Scott? How much are you going to pay for this rod if I autograph it right now? And I'm like, sky's the limit, old son. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, like, I'm that type of dude. Like, you know, price. I mean, like, I'm there and, like, I'm in the moment and whatnot. But, like, then all of a sudden, like, Scott, that isn't all jacked up, is like, like what the? What, what did I just what, do? Why would you <laughs> right. do that? But I, I do. And, and uh, I don't know. I just, I got to thinking about that Tom Brady deal and I'm just like, holy moly. Like, you know, who, I, I, A, I don't know who's going to buy it for 500,000, but there's somebody that'll buy it for 500,000. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you, you know, you put it in your bar or you put it in. Right. I, That's why you see so much fraud, like in the sports memorabilia stuff. Too, oh, for like, sure. For sure. Why it's all got to get authentic, letter that authenticity. Uh, letter of authenticity. Yeah. Like there's, there's people there's people forging my autograph right now and i'm just like guys like i mean you got to come to me oh, and, exactly and right. ask like that is not real you can't just do that yeah because i would never eat a totino's pizza like i mean that right. was not me yeah and then you know i you know I, I eat one totino's pizza i try to sign three or four checks with your name on them and you never let me live it <laughs> <Yeah>. down <laughs> that's a forgery yeah it's, it's a simple <laughs> simple myth mistake all right, uh, Matt. Me and you, we were at cl- uh, stands this weekend. We were uh, over in Milford. Stands, bait and um, tackle. Sorry, I kind of went on a tirade there, and uh, you know, didn't do a lot of talking about fishing. But let's get back into fishing now. Uh, we were over at stands over in Milford, Iowa, uh, for the stands ice kickoff. One of the first, uh, one of the first ice uh, ice events of the year. Um, Clear Lake. All Kevin Paul also had his down in Clear Lake last weekend, but. Uh, um, you know, obviously Saturday was a beautiful day when, you know, got oh, into yeah. the high 60s and there wasn't a whole lot of wind. So I think that that keeps some people back. But uh, overall, I, I think, you know, there was a, a good attendance at the show, uh, probably at both of them. And, uh, um, you know, I think people are starting to, to get that itch. You know, they're starting to get ready for ice. and um, They definitely were. There was a lot of people coming in and it was just, it kind of got me in the, in the flow of it? it too, you yep. know, to be around all the all the stuff and check it all out it, it then it kind of you know a lot of people asking if if you put the boat away for the for the year yet yep, yep. and then you know it kind of like it kind of got me realizing like you know what it might be time just to do that yep. and it, start getting ready for the ice year yeah i you know i i'm i'm ready now i'm, I'm at a point you know heck uh yeah heck it, it won't be long and we're going to be halfway through november here and, oh, I and know. you know it's... i mean this is all happening fast and uh um you know it, it wouldn't be crazy if a month from now if uh 
you know, if if we we're getting out on the ice, yeah, you know, on, like we're you know, already some smaller starting, bodies of water and starting to talk about that early ice safety. Yep. But uh you know, one thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, you know, after that ice event over there is, you know, guys, we've been talking about it a lot, you know, if you see it, you got to buy it. And uh you know what? This last weekend we were over at a bait shop doing an ice event and there was no new shacks there. Right. They hadn't got their Every single yet. brand was not there. Uh, you know, and, and for me, you know, who I'm supposed to be sitting there trying to sell shacks, well, it's hard to sell shacks that aren't there. And, uh, you know, the electronics deal is the same thing. You know, there's a lot of talk about Humminbird, about how Humminbird's really behind. And, you know, uh, you know they're struggling to get stuff here for the, for the season. And, and, you know, Stans did have some Vexlars, but uh, a couple of the other brands, you know, they weren't there and you know they they had a deal that you can be on a waiting list and you know maybe they're actually ahead of the game when when everyone else is you know all all sold out uh you know then stands gets theirs here in a few weeks and and maybe you know they're in the catbird seat for having inventory throughout the year i don't know but uh you know i think i think sometimes people are just like you, you know, like you hear all this supply chain stuff and, uh-huh. you know, I mean, it's always one small item, you know, like, well, you know, couldn't get the, you know, couldn't get the rattle and buckshot, you know, in yeah. this size and that color. But when it, when you actually see it, like, you know, big ticket items aren't there. It's like, whoa, it, it makes you realize, whoa, that you like, know, like this is real, right guys yeah. makes you realize that like when you have the opportunity to get it, get it. Yep. I mean, when they have it on hand. Might not want to second guess because you might not get it this season. Yep. I, it's kind of like, I guess, with boats last year. I mean, you're yeah, starting right. to see it with the ice fishing stuff. First of all, the price on all of it is going oh, way for sure, up for and way sure. up. And, but, uh, yeah, it's you're, if you're going to get it, you better get it now. Um, but, yeah, I, was there anything else that you – like, what was the one thing over there that you were kind of, like, excited to, to see and – maybe get your hands on or how about this weekend coming up well you know i guess one thing uh you know a a there was a guy named ben luderman over there and we're we're planning on talking about him here in just a little bit but uh, uh you know kind of on a different deal but uh ben has really been pushing these freedom baits right freedom baits and you know they're a they're a small you know microplastics company and you know you, you hear about them and you know you see it a lot get get brought up on uh, you know on Facebook and whatnot. But we actually got to go over there and see. You know they have the Apache and they have the A bomb and the A bomb Junior and and uh, you know some other little stuff. And it was just interesting going over there. You know I mean and and uh, sitting there talking with a guy who's not only had you know a little success, he's had a lot of success fishing at the highest level of ice fishing and uh, you know kicking ass. And, uh, you know, the, this is a, this is something he feels passionate, you know, like, I mean, it, th- this isn't like, Hey, they're paying me to say this. Like you could tell, like, no, that's, and you know, you made the comment, you were looking through a bunch of the plastics with him. How much about plastics that dude really knew. Right. He was talking about all kinds of different, like little small companies that like, you know, he would mention this one and say, Oh, you guys got to test, you know, try this one out. And you know, that's the great thing about guys like that is like. I, if if I was a competitor, he wouldn't have been spilling the juice that much right, to me, right. which I wouldn't blame him. But just he's a fellow fisherman, and he even told us that you know you guys 
just are out fishing, so I not don't care yep. about telling you guys this stuff. So, yep. I mean, yeah, it is just the like the plastics thing is something we've talked about it on here in the past that I really like using plastics for yep. for panfish, and I just just listening to him talk about it the other day, it was it was kind of cool just to get his you know pick his brain a little bit about it. Yep, and and I guess you know, like I said, that was one thing that I had not really. Uh, um, seen in person yet so i was i was actually kind of neat to walk over there and and check that out with him um otherwise as far as stuff that i was excited to see i thought um, i thought you know that the cold snap hard cases were pretty nice yeah yep absolutely nice cases and i i kind of like the thought of that um with how big that is um not necessarily you know i think that there's a lot of guys pretty revved up about it because it can fit these long rods well I mean, I've been pretty vocal uh, basically my whole entire life and saying I am not a fan of super long ice rods. Right. But I'm more a fan of the fact that I feel like if staggering them right, you know, you could you could maybe fit eight eight, oh, eight you could get a lot you know, of rods, rods in, in there. Cases. You know, point the tips all towards the center and and you know yeah, for you sure. could you could probably get quite a few in there. And so that's one thing that kind of I've thought about maybe possibly adding that big one to my to my lineup uh and and not being the one that I actually carry in my shack but possibly being one that I just bring along on a trip. Right. And then once I decide, you know, okay, we're going to be fishing here for this, you know, whatever. You know, think about like going out to the Black Hills. Uh you know, I can bring along a Laker rod but if I'm going and fishing uh, Center Lake for tigers and, and cutties, uh, there's really no point in me having my Laker rod out on the ice with me. Exactly so, right. you know, having having a big rod, you know, that I'm going to bring or a big case that I'm going to bring all my rods out there. And then, you know, maybe a, a smaller case that I keep in my shack that, you know, I have my two to three to four go-to rods that yep. I'm feeling like I'm going to use, you know, at, at that given time. Definitely. That's that's kind of, but yeah, it's, I do agree that's a nice, well-built case. I feel like you could probably run over it with an ATV and protect your rods. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, it's I, I don't care who you are and how many times you've looked at rods. I just love going through the rod aisle and picking them all up and looking at the different actions and the color, the color paint jobs and everything else. Just to look at them and see like the style of them and see what everybody's kind of going with and what it seems like every year, like there's a different style and this and that, you know, oh, this has that. And uh, it was just kind of, that was kind of fun talking to Ben about that too. Like some of the old rods that they, you know, like, oh, you know, I wish they still made this rod, Yep, yep, but they don't anymore so and he was talking about how he's always looking online for them and it, like as soon as somebody has one for sale you know he's trying to buy it and like yep it's just kind of cool just hearing those stories too um you know that and and that's something that i kind of want to get into here matt unless you know you asked me what i was excited for you you said the cold snap case that'd be your answer right. was there anything else that you wanted to dive off in into there or, or that's you're good there that was that's about it okay so with that ben you know we talked to ben luderman and and i should have actually kind of maybe given a little bit of 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 background on ben uh ben's an naifc um ultimate panfish league uh you know i mean him and his uh his partner colby cranger um 
they do a lot of tournaments, you know, all over. I mean, they're traveling and, and, you know, they, they kick ass. Like, yeah. I mean, they, they, they do did, they really had a hell good. of a season this last did, year. Did they win team of the year in yeah, the NAIFC? Yep. They won and team the, of the year. And the ultimate panfish league? Um, they won the ultimate patent fish league, right? I, I think so. And I both think both of them, I think. I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe they won both of them. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure. They but had one hell of a year. That's all I, mean, I know. You know, I quick quickly became widely respected in the uh, uh, ice tournament, uh, you know, circle, whatever. But uh, um, you know, they they kick ass, and uh, Ben's from just north of Okaboji across the border into Minnesota, and Colby's from uh, down closer uh, in Iowa to the Iowa Great Lakes. But uh, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, talking with him. And, and the different style of fishing that he does uh, and, and, and the different ways that they attack fishing, for one. But, uh, you know, just the whole rod deal. You know, they, Matt, you talked to him in depth about this, but using schoolie reels. Right. Uh, which is, you know, kind of an inline reel, but, I mean, pretty it's, old it's technology. Old it's, yeah, I mean, it's old school. It's what I grew up with. I mean, I Did grew, you really? Yeah, I grew up with the school. I even grew up without the reel, where you just wrapped it around the just, pins. Yep, just wrapped it around the pegs. That's what I started off with, and I can remember like the first times, like having kind of like a cheap version of what you would call an inline reel. Okay, but yeah, the schoolie is what we always used to fish with. You know, and and so a that's pretty crazy, but I mean, it really goes to show you how new ice fishing truly is as a sport. Right. I mean, you know, at, at that time, was there somebody probably running a spinning rod? Sure, but oh, definitely. I mean, but you know, but I mean, at it that, wasn't. At it wasn't time, old technology. It was, it was a big spinning reel. Right. It wasn't like like if you were going to put one of those on, it was just like a regular size. You didn't have all the size options for different reels and specifically yep. for ice fishing and stuff. Yep. But you know, Ben Ben made a uh, you know a lot of points about. Uh, you know, saving weight, you know, and I mean, these guys are fast anglers, you know, I mean, they are moving around and seeking and destroying and, you know, really, you know, covering a lot of ground, finding these fish and, and it's an all day long deal. Right. And your equipment's got to be on point, like your, your presentation, not so much your equipment, your presentation has to be on point. Yeah. But so, so one of the things that Ben talked about was like any rod that has a split grip handle, you cut off the back the back of the you know the split grip you know yep. you just have the small front part you know and, and then he talked about having these schoolies because you you put the whole entire thing in your hand and you know instead of i, I don't know what you would call it the way that i kind of grab a rod where you know i kind of uh put the stem of the rod in between you know my pointer yeah, finger and that, my just kind of my like thumb the typical ice fisherman right grip. you know that's you, not the way that they're doing things on the on, with a schoolie reel on it with your rod it's almost like it's laying flat is what it is because you want it to line up like this you got a spinning rod so your eyelets are down and so the schoolie reel sits flat on there yep not up and down like some right, people right. like to think but so when you're jigging that way you, you got that rod you got the rod in your hand yep and you can feel it and it's so light that you're just it's more of the rod you feel sometimes with a spinning reel even though they weigh like ounces right i mean you can still the balance of the rod and stuff like that with that schoolie reel it really balances it and it's just kind of more of the feel on the rod and you can you can feel those bites you can see the rod tip a little bit and you got a little bit more control over your jig especially when you're talking about like a finesse presentation for bluegill if you're running one pound line or i mean 
you know, one to two pound and it's just really small jigs, you know, the three millimeter jigs and stuff like that or smaller even. Yep. So it's just, it's a super, you know, finesse type presentation. You know, but there, there's a lot of dudes that are running, you know, the the $10 ice blue rods, right. you know, with the schoolie reels. And, and there's a lot of dudes that are running, uh, you know, like like you said, older rods that they know, like, you know, hey, this is the one that I love the, you know. I mean, it's 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 definitely anything, but you know, well, you got to have the high dollar stuff. Well, and, and he even told us, like when we were talking to him about it, it's, uh, he's like, I can buy ten of the oh, ice blue sure. rods, yeah, yep. and I can have, and I can put schoolie reels on all of them, and you know, you're into it for like a hundred bucks, right? Whereas if you go out and get a nice, you know, a, a really nice rod and a nice reel. I mean, you're spending thousands of dollars on yep. just that equipment right there. And these guys, you know, if you're out there and it breaks, it breaks. And one yep. nice thing about it, too, is, like, you can have a lot of different present. I, I kind of look at it as, like, the bass fisherman mentality where you have all these rods. And that way you have them rigged up. You don't waste tournament time out there trying to tie those little yep. jigs. Because yep. we all know how tough it is to tie those little ice fishing jigs with a light line. Yep, exactly. Where you can have quite a few of them in your bucket or whatever yep ready to go so and then you know the schoolie reels come in different colors so you can be like okay this and the, you see them having you like they write down right the stuff. poundage yep. on them and yep. all this stuff what they all have on their mono floral whatever so it's just like boom you can grab that and you're fishing and like you said fast and efficient so i mean that's what it's there for yep when and so that that led me to my next thing and, and a lot of you guys probably saw uh, on Monday night, I put a deal out on Facebook asking what was the ideal price range for an ice rod, and and you know, uh, th- there are no wrong answers, guys. Like there there are no wrong answers. I I I'd encourage every single one of you guys, if you're listening to this, to go over there and answer if you are on Facebook, because I'm just I'm I'm genuinely curious, and I think, you know, it. it, it it's a good conversation piece and, and obviously here me and Matt are going to talk about it. But what, what really made me start to think about that, not only Ben, you know, talking about using very inexpensive, I'm not going to use the word cheap because they're not cheap, but inexpensive, uh, you know, rods for, you know, high, as high a dollar tournament as what you can possibly fish, you know, in the ice fishing world. Uh, but, but one of the things here, I saw a guy here a while back, uh, you know, within the last couple weeks, um, trying to sell some of his old rods on Facebook. And and this guy had one of the brands that I would consider, uh, you know, over the past five years, probably one of the top one, two, three brands uh, in rod building. And I'm not going to mention their name because this is not a bash session on them. Like, you know, I, I know that they make absolutely fine products. But, I mean, they normally are selling their rods for anywhere between 100 and 150 bucks, maybe even a couple times more expensive than that. Right. And this guy started off by trying to sell this used rod that looked to be, he, he had a couple of them, but they looked to be in really good condition for $70. And he didn't get any biters. Right. And, and these he are, lowered these are norm- it. Like you said, these are normally like $100 rods. Yep. And he lowered it to $50. And I don't know if even after he went to 50 that he got any biters. And it really kind of got me thinking, you know, has has the has the industry caught up with these rod 
rod companies that are selling these hundred to hundred and fifty dollar rods. Like you know, I mean, you know, you you look at the the companies that I'm gonna call more. Golly, I feel I I don't know what the right word is, but they're making a quality rod for not too expensive in that fifty dollar range for a rod. You know, the Redline series from Cold Snap. We are talking about good rods for fifty bucks. Right. Thirteen fishing has a lot of dang good rods in that price in point. that in that price point. Clam, Clam has a lot of good rods in that price point. You know, I, I just yeah. I mean, I, I look at it. I I look at it as it's similar to what happened in the open water fishing rod, you know, industry not too long ago. Okay. When I first started working in the retail for fishing. G Loomis was like, yep. was like yep. the top. Like it's like wow, G Loomis like expensive, right? Like you're not gonna get one for under two hundred and fifty bucks. And it was just like, you know, but they were really nice. The quality was there, and some dudes were just like, or some people were just like, you know what? That's all I'm I'm gonna fish with. And they were there for a while, and people were just like, man, you know, like how can we, like I can't afford that, but I want a nice rod. And there really wasn't a lot in that a hundred dollar to like a hundred and fifty dollar range or that eighty to a hundred and fifty dollar range. There wasn't a lot of rods there. It was either fifty or below or it was two hundred and fifty up. You're you're buying the forty dollar ugly stick or you're right. buying the three hundred and fifty dollar G Loomis. And and then pretty soon some of these other companies started to realize, hey, like in Abu Garcia and stuff like that, or it's like, hey, you know, like let's make one in here in that hundred dollar range where, you know, where a lot of people, you know, can't afford that two hundred and fifty dollar rod. Now all of a sudden we got one for hundred dollars, and guys are kind of like, you know what? I would spend a hundred dollars on a rod. I'm willing to splurge a little, right? right. Because yep. uh, it's a nice quality product. It's better than this one, but I don't need one like that up there. Yep. So it's right in that middle, that mid range, and I'm looking at it like that's kind of the way you're starting to see with that in that fifty dollar range for ice fishing rods. I mean, I feel like, like me and you are mid range dudes, and, you know, and like, that's what I, mean, I am. I'm not trying to act like I'm not anything big i mean i'll use whatever if right. it's getting us fishing right and stuff like that and uh i just i think that that's the the fishing rod industry is starting to kind of see that and people also like you're getting into it and it's like all right a lot of these guys come out and they're like oh i'm getting into ice fishing or something and they're just like yeah oh yeah this i want one of these you know i hear people talk about that so let me have that one and they go out there and they're just like, well, you know, this is a this is a light action, and I'd like an ultralight. Oh man, I don't know if I want to spend another hundred dollars on another rod, right. you know. Or now all of a sudden it's like, oh, my buddies want to go walleye fishing. I don't have a medium rod, and it's just like, you know, I'd like to do that, but I've already spent a couple hundred bucks on rods this season. I don't really want to do that. Where this fifty price fifty dollar price range is just like, you know what? I can get my ultralight i can get a nice light rod for like perch and crappies and stuff and i can get a walleye rod you got three rods right there and you've only spent 150 bucks on them yep so it's just like you want to spend 150 bucks on one rod or here's three really nice rods for all three presentations that you want to do and you're gonna got your bases covered there yep now now one now one thing that i will say for me personally and and I'm trying to tread lightly here because in no way, shape, or form are we taking shots at any company in the fishing world. Or They're, custom rod builders. Or custom rod builders. Like, that is not 
what we're doing here. But what I'm the 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 point that I'm going to talk about here is for a true custom rod builder. Now we're talking like when you get that rod, you are the only person that has that similar rod. Like you can go to that guy and say, "Hey, I want a light action rod at 22 inches and 22 and five eighths inches." And he says, "Okay, all right, yeah." What and, else? And specific, this, what, like, what other? This is the colors that I want. All right, sounds good. You know, I want two fly fishing eyelets, and the rest I want regular eyelets. Okay, sounds good. I want my girlfriend's name on the handle of that rod. Okay, sounds good. And, you know, I mean, that is a true custom rod. When you get done with it, you're the only person to have that. And I I get, you know, like. uh, And and that means something to you. It wasn't just something that you grabbed off the shelf. Yep. And I I get companies like JT, you know, it it used to be JT custom rods and, and tuned up custom rods. That started off as being truly one-off custom rods and you know i mean they got to the point where uh you know i mean they they were kicking out so many rods that that now it's got gotten into production and and i realize you know i think jt is now switched to jt outdoors tuned up custom rods tucker whatever you want to call it you know they they have such a name built up under the tucr that i don't I, i don't know that they can really change that at this point right you know but i'm sure if you would talk to them they would say well you know i mean we're not full-on custom the way that a we once were or the way that some of these other guides are i'm not going to hold that against them i i mean we all know for a fact that they make a good product right yeah they're they're definitely really nice rods i yep. mean they definitely are and that's why people still well they use I mean, the heck out of them i mean jt and tuned up custom like cult-like followings right i mean cult-like followings like the dudes that have them love them they do you either love them or it seems like you hate them but you know whatever but uh what what i'm gonna say about custom rods is like i've oh excuse me i've actually got a custom rod coming this weekend from a custom rod builder that i'm gonna be picking up this weekend at the ice institute i saw it and i'm like dear lord that thing is beautiful i need that in my life and so I, I I messaged a guy and I bought it, and it it it's almost so pretty I'm afraid to fish with it. I've got over there on the gun cabinet that we were talking about just a little bit ago, the famous gun cabinet. I've got a Glacial Lakes custom rod that Jim Gerard and and maybe Andy Stromsness and maybe Cody Magnuson back in the day put together for me. It's it's a little shorty ultralight. It's got my name on it. They made it Hawkeye colors. Like the handle on it is absolutely gorgeous. And I don't want to fish with it because it's too damn pretty. Right. Like, you know, and, and that's, that's where I'm at. Like I can go out and buy a $50 cold snap Redline series rod. And if I break it, well, that's fine. I'll just buy a new one. Right. Like, you know, when, when you're talking a true custom rod, like, you can't just buy a new one. Yeah, you can have a new one built, but you can't just like, I don't know that I, and, and, and I think that's part of my personality. Like, I mean, you can look around here, Matt, like I'm kind of what some people call a collector. Like I've got <laughs> well, no collections, but I'm a collector. Well, and see, that's the way you are. And I'm kind of on the opposite of that. Like everything that I own, like, I'm using. Yep. Like, yep. It's a practical thing. Well, that's the way you should be. Right. And, you know, like, I look at your gun 
safes over there and stuff like that. And I think about like other people that collect guns and they just have all these beautiful guns and they're just awesome that, you know, they just have on display or they just have, I wanted that one. So I have it and they'll never use it. They have never in any intentions of using it. See, I'm like the opposite of that. Like ever, the only reason I buy it, something like that is to use it. Like right, all the guns right. I have at home, we'll say are all ones that I use for hunting or other like, or target if, shooting. Or if, something if you're like that. buying a gun, it's because you have a real reason, right. like, you know, I can't you're buying a new just, shot. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You exactly. know, if, now if I had something like it was my grandpa's old gun right, or something right. like that, that, you know, I'd display, I'd display that and everything like that. And there we're back to the sentimental value. But I, I just, the same way it goes with the rods and stuff like would that. Would you ever, that, would you ever display one of your grandpa's old fishing rods? Yes, yeah? I would. You better get on that. I know. I would. I would definitely like some of his stuff i would definitely have that out and uh i just i i really think some of that stuff is cool like those old metal rods and things like that it's just but i don't know how much of that stuff he he has anymore you right. know because those guys like they use it until yeah you're they, damn right i mean use they... it till the wheels fall off <laughs> and then try to get a few more uses out of it and then eventually be like all right dudes kinda... dudes like that they don't have a gun cabinet with a bunch of rods <laughs> sitting on top of it like we ain't collecting boys like we're freaking we're collecting flies is what we're collecting that's exactly right so yeah you you know it's just like as far as that custom I, they are beautiful they yep. are and I, if i would get one built i would use it yep because i i paid to have it built and th that's the nice thing about them though like you said that you can build them to your specifications and what you need like what you really want in a rod and get it out there and then it, if you don't like it guess what you're the one that this is how you wanted it so well i, I think i i think i went into it thinking i was going to use it oh definitely i you mean always i always do. do i always do but right. I, i'm you know that that's that's kind of like the boulevard of broken dreams up there i've got a bunch <laughs> of my old 13 white noises that uh, are all broke you know that yep that that eventually broke I've, I've got a couple of those up in those ammo crates and and again uh, as far as like we've talked about what those with those rods before on you with you is uh it's it's like the one that you started off with. It's the one that you had the most confident in. That oh, you just, for sure. You just felt right. And I think everybody that's listening to this knows what we're talking about. Like you get that you get a rod sometimes, and it's just like you just you just feel like you can catch that more is fish. the rod. Yeah. Like 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 it was crazy. Like I was when I was talking to Ben, we were talking about the old Jason Mitchell meat stick rods. Yep. The old version of them. Okay. And I had one of those. And the tip broke on it, and it, I, it was just like I just loved the feel of that rod. I just felt like I could catch more fish, I could detect more bites with that rod than the newer ones that I have now. And what what changed on them? Do you know? Like the I handle mean... changed on them. And okay. I don't know if there was a few other things that did it, but I know like that he we talked about it was like the press cork handles that they used to have on them now they kind of have the just the cork handles and they got the split grips now and you know i'm not a fan i have one now but again i'm not a fan of the split grip and yep. i'm thinking about cutting off the the back end of it just because you can have that feel you just you feel it in your hand instead of that does anyone piece. like the split grip i mean That's obviously somebody does like everybody but I mean, does like, i mean I, I I thought I did. I thought I thought they I looked loved cool it. as hell. Yeah, but. exactly. But is that all we're getting there? Right. I, I think that's you know, in the open water rods, they talk about split grip. You know that way that reduces 
the weight, even though cork doesn't weigh that much. Right. But I think it is just kind of that coolness factor. Are That's we, how it looks. You know, and and, and I, I think we can talk about this here a second. I mean, as you and I walked down the aisles of, of Stan's Bait Shop this last weekend, and as we will walk down the aisles this coming weekend at the at the Dakota Angler Ice Institute in Sioux Falls, how many of those rods are catching fishermen and oh, not fish? It's, it's, you know, I we're, mean, we're, we that's who we are as fishermen. Like we get caught on it more than what they do than what the fish do. I mean, you, you know me, Matt. Well, like I mean, but anybody, and, anybody, and I, anybody's that way. That's I mean, why there's umpteen different colors. That's why there's um, you know just umpteen different styles because we see it it catches our eye and it's just like oh i like that yeah i get that i mean you know it's not just baits but i mean you walk by a custom rod builder and it's like son of a gun like oh yeah i mean i mean we'll talk about the rod that i just got done buying that that i said i'm gonna take possession of uh, this weekend at the ice institute i literally log on facebook and i see this picture and i'm like Son of a gun, I got to have that thing, and I don't care really what the hell it costs. Like, that thing is mine. I message, yep, she's mine. Yep. And, you know, I guess that that's Same just... Same with all these baits that you've had sitting on this on this. That's what I mean. Like, I'm years. that type of dude. Like, you, do, you, do you need... You want that one right there? You take that. You take that one home with <laughs> you. Me. I nice got a little, couple of them. Nice little football that's jig a right ni- here. Like, how have you not used the football jig yet? Check it's like, out why these, is that still sitting here? Like, check out these. Like, the, these little net rigs. Like that, just use the damn things, I'm man. not going to use them. Those why? are custom. Custom. Like, those are custom. No no one else got those. <laughs> Look at these. This is a hair jig. Zach Cox built me. This I here, spinnerbait. fish caught. I believe it. Now, I, I have, that's one thing that I have on, I don't use is the Zach Cox Hawkeye spinnerbait. Spinner yep. I wouldn't use this no matter what. Right. He, I mean, he probably thinks I'm going to use it. I got a bunch of lipless crankbaits here, custom painted by Zach Cox. I like, I'll use this chatterbait right here. I don't know this dude. I, like that's a swinging head one there though. That That's pretty right. cool. <laughs> but no. Now look at, no, hold on. I got one check that bad boy out like that thing that's a work of art you cannot you can't sit here and tell me that you would throw that thing i got a i got a couple other ones here somewhere i got some pretty i got some pretty awesome ones that you you just can't you can't buy there's that yeah that one's nice there's a football jig yeah yeah it's a football jig but it's but it's nice. Look yeah, at them colors. It's nice. It's, nice. It's, it's nice to be thrown out there and try to catch a bass with. Yeah, it is. That, so that's what you need to do with it. Instead fancy of having thinking on, about that. That'd be cool. Sitting on the podcast. That'd be cool. Table. So afraid to throw the football. <clears throat> well, you know, I'm just not a football jig thrower. <laughs> I mean, you probably are. I should just give both of those to you just to clean up this thing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go through here. I got some clam dr- clam drop. Uh, Jigs. Let me see. Yep. Drop TG tungsten golden color. I got those. Those things really look like perch up here. Those are those are not oh, bad. Those jerk baits. I haven't. I don't know why you haven't thrown those jerk baits yet. Man, I don't know why neither. I got some thirteen. You got like a 13. tackle box right I do. Here just I do. I and I feel bad. Like I just. Stamp. You I got, got everything a up here. Set of Costa sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I got a federal duck stamp. An empty bush light. Look, that that was sending. Jeremy K's. That was Jeremy K's. <laughs> He's left his mark on the podcast table. Look at this. Most pop. Uh, 
Here, here's a couple uh, lake names from up in uh, Wisconsin <laughs> when we used to do that. I still got all of Bob Downey's stats here. Got a lot of random questions. That yeah, we you know, I mean, you don't want to rush into stealing anything or, or getting rid of anything. You never know <laughs> when somebody's like, hey, what, you know, Bob Downey, uh, you know, what. Uh, What's his what favorite was, ice cream? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and, and it's I like, know. well, hey, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just got to know. That's right. Um, but yeah, the custom rod thing, you know, it's just, yeah, I guess each to each their own. I mean, there's nothing oh, I'm wrong. For, like, right, I, there's, I, I'm going mean, to, I'm going to keep buying more, but right. I think I'm going to have to put a, um, but I think that the custom rod builders have pushed these companies to make a better, a better product. product. Absolutely. They absolutely. definitely have. So, yep, absolutely. I, I'm going to keep buying custom rods and I'm going to keep not fishing with them. <laughs> I think right up there behind my TV off to the left, closer to the gun cabinet. I think I'm just going to make a little make uh, a little rack for him. Make, make a little rack, and every single one's going to have a cool story to it. And if if there is one regret in my whole entire life, it was not buying that gray rod last year at the Hooked on Hardwater Banquet that Cody Magnuson sold. Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. That may have been the most beautiful rod I've that ever was seen. A badass rod. And if you think I was going to fish with that one. <laughs> Not going to happen. Not yeah. going to happen. That would be kind of cool to have a display of, like, custom rods, I guess. But there, that's kind of like getting the getting the guns that you just want to display up on the on the wall and not have any practical use out of them. You know, I always, I was, I've, I've always wanted to have a collection. Like, I, I looked in at one point in time, like, I thought I was going to start collecting, like, antique duck decoys. Mm-hmm. And that is something, like, you just don't hop into that no, over the no, weekend. no, no. Like, I mean, you got to know exactly what you're looking at. And, and I mean, one little tiny mark on the bottom of them can be the difference between you wasted your money paying 50 cents for that to that's a $50,000 duck decoy right there. And I just, I didn't have the time nor the money nor the brain power to, to really look into that. But I, I could really, like, I could be the guy that like, up there, right on top of the TV, Matt. Like, there's about 12 foot of wall space that I feel like I could probably put a hundred uh, custom rods up there, and <laughs> definitely just, get a hundred custom rods. I up think there. I, I could, and, and and I'm just, <laughs> I, I mean, let's not talk to my wife about how much oh, custom rods cost, but so you might want to start with like five first. <laughs> I mean, hey, start small, Rome, work big. Rome was not built in a day. If I would just sell this, on the Red Bull if I there, would just buddy. if I would just sell all the stuff that I've got up here on this podcast table, I mean, I'd I'd probably put a good down payment on the twenty pack of them. <laughs> that's true. Okay, um, I think that's all I've got to talk about. Custom rods. You got something else you or, or any rods just, for yeah, that matter? Don't, um, I mean, don't be afraid to use whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna. I like I told you the other day. I'm gonna put myself a couple of schooly probably ice blue rods together just to just to have for like some running gunning type situations yep you know what i thought that we were i thought that we were ready for good news stories but we've got one other uh topic that that we haven't talked about here we need to update Um, everybody on yep uh new slot limits and uh the opening and or modifying of uh some bag limits up in minnesota um but uh here on in Iowa on the Gra- Iowa Great Lakes, uh, East Okaboji, West Okaboji, Spirit Lake, uh, Minnewashita, Upper and Lower Gar, um, 
that normally had a slot limit for walleyes of 17 to 22 inches. Um, that changed to 19 to 25 inches. Matt, how do you feel about that? On January 1st, 2020. On January 1st, 2022. It's not in effect yet. Not till January 1st, 2022. When does walleye season close? February, sometime in February. Summer, yeah. Yep, okay. I know Minnesota is February 28th. Okay. And, and I think somewhere I, in there, somewhere I think I was so. right in that ballpark. So. so that's when it changes. Um, and that's also for Storm Lake. It so, is also for Storm yep, Lake. Okay. That's also for Storm Lake. And now Lake. Clear Lake has now, adopted. Now they went to the 17 to 22 that the Iowa Great Lakes used to have. They used to have a 14-inch minimum. Okay. But now they went to a protected slot limit of 17 to 22. How do you feel? Okay, here here's one that I want to ask you, Matt. A, you know, uh, if the Iowa DNR feels, and I'm not criticizing them, but if the Iowa DNR feels like it was smart to move from 19 to 22, why would they go with the old one for Clear Lake? Because that maybe they're seeing like there's not a lot of those 16 and 17 inch fish. You know, there's a lot of the 14s and like smaller ones like that. So maybe they're trying to protect that and maybe something with the, with breeding. I don't know. Yep. I'm yeah. I'm not going to go on that stuff. They know it. Yep. They did it. I like the 19 to 25 on the Iowa great lakes. We've talked about this in the, abundance of, you know, those eight, 17 to 19 inch fish in that lake now. And and when and, you're going to go out out there and harvest, right. I mean, you could you could catch 25 walleyes. Oh, well, one day a friend and I went over there and we caught walleyes all day long and ended up only keeping like two of them because yeah. that's the only thing that was under the slot limit. Right. But it wasn't like we were catching like big big ones. I mean, they were yep. all like that. Like I said, 18, 17 to yep. 19 inches long. So, I I think it's a really good thing. I think that you're going to see a lot of people over there now and and fishing for that now people don't have anything i mean it wasn't bad the 17 to 22 inch no slot no limit that was just fine wasn't wasn't yep. a bad thing uh but everybody wanted to complain about it all the time because yeah you know that 17 to 18 inch walleye is a very nice eating walleye you know really anything under 20 inches so you know i think it's going to help too on the upper end of the range too because you did see a lot of 22 plus inch walleyes being kept because you were allowed one of those over the slot limit. So a lot of people would catch like a 23 and they'd be like, you know what? We've hardly caught any, like we can't catch any under. So we're going to keep that, that right, over. Right. And now those are going to be released into the system. So I think you're going to start seeing more of the, the 26 inch fish to maybe even some thirties getting caught out of like the spirit lake and the Okabojis. What do you, yeah, and and I guess that's what I was going to say. What do you think that this will do for the for the quality of the big fish? I mean, will will we start to possibly see a little bit uh I I I like it that you know it, it goes up to 25 cuz like you mentioned, you know, there's probably a lot more 23 Right. 24 inch fish that were getting the knife put to them than what a guy probably realizes. Oh yeah. Just for the sole fact that you went out there and and you you went for, you know, to fill your limit and, and fry them up. And so people did it. I like the fact that it's at 25 because I would say all the way across the board, people are willing to put a knife to a 22. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Right. You're willing to do that. I think all the way across, 
most people, when they catch a 25 and a half inch fish or a 26 inch fish, it's like, you know what, that's, that's a special fish, right? You know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna let that one, uh, uh, you know, go back in and, and whatever. And, and so hopefully you do kind of start to see a, a lot of anglers are going to be encouraged to keep their limit, but keep their limit on right. the bottom, well, and, on and, the bottom side of that And it's going to be easier to catch a limit as far as that to fill out a limit as far as that goes with the eater size fish yep whereas you know we've had days where we went over there where like i said we've caught slot fish all day long and all of a sudden you'd pop one over the slot but the rest of them were all i mean smaller than 14 inches or you know so it's just kind of like all right so and and if you go over there and you and you have a day uh with with the slot at seven or uh, 19 to 25 and you got one of those days where god dang it we just can't get our unders like you should probably talk to right. Will Pap and Foose yeah. about them cookie cutter twenty eights. Yeah, you're, you're having a fun day of fishing because yeah, you're catching big, big nice fish, fish, big fish. So no, and it's still three fish limits and everything like that. So, and as far as I've heard, I have not heard one person say anything bad about this. No, I, I think, I, I, it's think a good thing. I think most people are, are pretty happy with that. Um, I'd be curious, you know, down there by Clear Lake. Um, I can't help what but to think, you know. Is. I, I can't help but to think that that they're okay with it, um, especially with how well it, it, it has worked, uh, you know, over on the Iowa Great Lakes system. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've I've not read anything bad about it, so I'm assuming that everyone's pretty well okay with that yeah. over there. Um, up north on Malax, um, December first through February twenty seven. Um, Anglers are allowed to keep one fish between 21 and 23 inches or one fish over 28 inches. And, uh, you know, I I guess, you know, Matt and I, uh, we're not Mille Lacs fishermen, so, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty tough to say, you know... I, I don't know. You, you hear a lot of you hear a lot of stuff about Mille Lacs. You know, everyone hates the way things are getting regulated on Mille Lacs. You know, one then, guy says Mille Lacs is the most, you know, the greatest fishery of all time. The, the next, next guy says, says it's a dead sea. It's a dead sea. Yeah. So, whatever. Um, then why? Know, then, then, then my question is: Then why go fish there? Yeah. Well, then why are you worried about the right? Why are you worried about the regs? If if it if you don't want to, if you can't keep anything there, then if that's what you're after, there's probably. A lot of lakes up in that area that you can go and keep your fish. Well, and if it's the Dead Sea and uh, they're saying, "Hey, we don't want people to harvest it," well, then you should be in favor of that, right? Because then you it's know, protecting them. Yep. I guess I don't so, know. I, don't I guess know. it might be different if we lived up in that area and we yep. fished it yep. all the time. Yep. I guess well, we I'd, might have a different attitude, but yep. I don't know. I do like the fact that uh, you know, anytime that you can keep a fish over twenty-eight inches, because uh, you know, I've, I've said it once and I've, I'll, I'll say it again. You know. I'm the type of dude that if I ever catch a trophy fish, I do want to put that sucker on the wall. And I'm also a dude that I'm not 100% sold on the uh, on the replica mount. I mean, I, I get it. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, Scott, you piece of shit. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, I have nothing to yep. do with no replica mount or any skin mounts. So. <laughs> <laughs> they just say it. <laughs> they had formed that opinion long, long before time, I made that statement. There's no fishing involved with that. I mean, come on now. Freaking dirtbag. <laughs> Freaking dirtbag. Um, Upper Red Lake, uh, starting November 1st, uh, four walleyes, only one over 17. So uh, hopefully you can get your fill of those, uh, um, you know, 15-inch fish. I don't, you know, I mean, is that is that something there where they're encouraging? You know, Lake Ponset here a couple years ago, 
um, you know, they, they, they took away that minimum. One. They were encouraging you, yep, if you're willing to keep a 13-inch fish, we want it. you to yep. keep a 13-inch fish. And I'm kind of curious on Upper Red if, if that's kind of where they're at. You know, there's a lot of small right. fish in that system, and... You know, you you know they want you to keep those those on, on the smaller end of the keeper, and and if it is one, you know, you, you'd hate to be that guy that keeps you know, uh, four thirteen inch fish and you know gets ridiculed at the cleaning station. You know, like oh, keeping babies tonight, huh? Well, well you know, God dang it, what do you want me to do? Right. So I, I'm assuming that that's kind of what the uh, the DNR's goal is, and that. Uh, I mean, I can't say that for sure. I'm no biologist, but uh, speaking of which, um. We have gotten a lot, uh, you know, I guess if you want to send one, go ahead. But uh, at this point in time, I am going to reach out to Scott and try to get him on here in the next uh, week or two. Um, I know Scott has uh, been busy this week um, with Minnesota Gun. Yeah, with deer uh, opener. Deer opener. So uh, Up hopefully, there eating his Reese's yeah. peanut butter cups and yep. scotch rhubarbs. Yeah, not surprising, yeah, not surprising. No. He doesn't actually sit in a tree stand. He doesn't. He just stands next to a tree, right. and, and he has that 15-foot. Right. Uh, <laughs> he, he only needs the, the tree stand to be five foot off the ground to be 15, 20 feet up in the air. <laughs> That's right. That is right. No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Scott. Uh, he'll probably message me making fun of this podcast and telling us about everything we did wrong. Because he that's usually just, does. Yeah, that's just the type of person he is. Uh, yeah, a blast to be around. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, but uh, um, no, we'll we'll talk to him and uh, we'll start getting something ready. I, I, I'll just come right out and tell you, Matt, because you haven't been fielding any of these questions. Uh, freshwater shrimp and zebra mussels is is. I mean, honest to goodness, fifty percent of the fifty percent of the questions that are coming Buffet in. Table. Yep, you know they're they're wanting to know about uh, freshwater shrimp and they're wanting to know about zebra mussels. Proper so, way to cook them or yeah, prepare yeah, them, clean yeah. them, and prepare them. And yeah, what they go recipes. good with. Like, I mean, do you want broccoli or is canned corn going to be okay? <laughs> A nice <laughs> soup. <laughs> Sweet baby Ray's barbecue <laughs> sauce, <laughs> duh. But uh, no, I think that is that. Um, God dang it. I was really kind of hoping to find something here. Um, Mike Iconelli is making his announcement um, tonight about... Has he has he made the, made the announcement yet or not? Golly, I got to think that he has. Hey, I did find November 27th, 2018 is when we released our first... November 27th. So we right. are closing in on the so three-year three year anniversary. Uh, anniversary. That's uh, that's good stuff right now. God dang it. I would really, really, really... Well, I, 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 like, I like Joe a lot. I think... Uh, uh, just a so, Ike Live is still going right now. So... Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't decided. He, he hasn't made he the hasn't, official decision yet. He hasn't. Uh, and you know, Ike. Like, I mean, he is gonna. He's gonna get absolutely as much publicity out of this as what he can. He's gonna drag it out until the very last second of uh, of his podcast. But by tomorrow morning, uh, we will know if Mike Iconelli and and whoever else is gonna be fishing the Bassmaster Elite Series. You know, we talked to uh, uh, Jay. Shakur it um, last week, I believe. And, uh, you know, we talked November 9th was the day that they uh, 
100% had to be in or out. And uh, so we will, uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series will be pretty well shaped up here by uh, the next time that we talk to you. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess at this point we'll move to good news stories. Uh, one, one thing that I'll quick uh, mention is uh, if you guys are going to be at the Dakota Angler Ice Institute this coming weekend, uh, look me and Matt up. Um, I'm not saying that both of us are going to be there all the time, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll be around and we'd love to, we'd love to BS with you, send a message to the Facebook page or something like that. And, uh, or, or if you see us come and talk to us, like we're pretty approachable guys. Like we had that last weekend. So we did. And God dang it. Was that that a lot of fun? That was, uh, had a yep. few, yep. few of the listeners come up. Yep. Some about, new people, yeah. Tim Sorensen came up, uh, from Algona and, uh, had some um, other guys that stopped in. I don't remember what's what's Rob, Mitch Lupkis's. Um, I don't. What was it? I don't remember what. Now, now you're our apologies, but Mitch Lupkis's uh, uh, buddy from over there in Lake Park, he swung by. Uh, Jesse, um, Van White stopped in there and said hi. Yep. Uh, what's the? And then Rob. Was that the 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 guy that there was two of them? Yep. Okay, Rob. Yep. Sorry, forgot the name, but nope. Uh, that that was cool that was cool having guys that we've never met uh, come up and be us and and whatever and um yeah i don't know rob like, clink rob clink and yep. four like i said uh we're we're pretty approachable dudes and, and we'd we'd really love to be us with you so uh well, we enjoy talking absolutely fishing anything we'll talk about anything we just yep. like talking yep so when you're walking through if you see the ugliest guy in the ice institute that's matt yep second ugliest that's is me, me. So, uh, you know, we've going to be the best. Yeah. You, we're the best at things. So, right, right. right. The best. <laughs> um, Matt, what do you have for a good news story? One of my, I have a couple of them. Okay. My first, my first one is over there this last week in the Iowa Great Lakes Fishing Club. Yeah. Had a fish fry, a free fish fry. Free they fish did, fry. They, good coleslaw. They, they do it every year. They had fish. They, there was some guys back there frying up some fish. They had some beans and some coleslaw, some chips, um, just a whole nice kind of spread there for everybody. And it, like I said, it was free to all the customers that come in. Some people came in just for the fish fry. And I thought that's pretty cool that they did, that they do something like that. Yep. You know, so thank a big thank you for the, to those guys. And then my other one is I got a grandpa Deitch story for you. Oh yeah. I was yeah. talking to mom today and Old 95-year-old grandpa, he had had an appointment up in Sioux Falls last week in the fog, and he drove himself up there, and uh, the nurses told him that his that he was looking good. His his heart is working at 65%, which for a 95-year-old man is amazing. They said, they said, you're in better shape than what we are. So Really? Yeah, old grandpa, he's just getting after Kicking it. Kicking ass, taking names, and that's what I'm talking about. Yep. How about you? What do you got? Um, my good news story is going to kind of come off of a bad news story. Um, for those of you guys that didn't know, uh, Aaron Martins, who a uh, professional bass fisherman, uh, last week, uh, Aaron lost uh, 18 or 19 month uh, battle with brain cancer. He actually found out he was out on a boat. I think he had a seizure and got brought in. They found out that he had a brain tumor and, and really made a pretty solid recovery. And then it came back a little bit worse, but, uh, he, he did ultimately pass away, uh, last weekend. But, uh, you know, this morning I watched a bass talk live 
and uh um you know over the last few days i mean the the outpouring from the bass fishing community basically every single bass master elite series angler and 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 aaron was actually a major league fishing guy but uh i mean you didn't have to read very many posts to realize that this was one of the good guys right you know i mean this this wasn't you know a dude like you know well everyone in his circle respected him but yeah they're like I think all the way across the board, all everyone, you know, thought Aaron Martins was the real deal. And, uh, you know, just a, a lot of videos and a lot of stuff, you know, that Bassmaster put together, you know, uh, you know, hi- highlight videos. And I mean, just freaking all around tearjerker stuff. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, Bass Talk Live this morning, um, they did a, a special on uh, Aaron Martins where they just had a bunch of dudes call in and tell good Aaron stories. And I saw Dave Mercer's podcast is, is doing, you know, some some Aaron Martin stuff. And I don't know, you know, as, as big and as small as the fishing community is, you know, whenever something bad happens, I just I really feel like everyone can really rally around and and, uh, you know. And that's on the professional bass fishing league, but, or circuit. But I mean, I'll guarantee you if there was somebody in the walleye, you know, professional walleye fishing league or, you know, somebody, you know, on the clam pro staff or somebody on the cold snap pro staff or somebody, you know, just, you know, here in the upper Midwest in the Minnesota, South Dakota, you know, I mean, if, if, if something bad happens, like, God dang it, sportsmen just have a way of fricking, you know, wrapping their arms around it and, 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 you know, helping people get through it and. I don't know. That's that's what I got to say about that. But uh, yeah, I guess that's a good news story off of a bad news story. But right, yeah, is what it is. So uh, um, yeah, I guess that is episode one hundred and forty-five. Uh, um, hope to see you guys this weekend at the Ice Institute. Uh, um, I guess we'll see how this this coming week weekend goes. How we're going to put together a show, uh, you know, something with the Ice Institute or something maybe hopefully we come at you on monday already if it if it ends up being a day late like this one well we'll figure that out but uh yeah we'll see you on episode 146 this was episode 145 later